Thank you. You may be seated. There's a picture that's about ready to be shown on the screen. It's a beautiful picture. It doesn't do justice to what is on the screen. It only gives you just a snapshot of what we call our universe. Not our galaxy, not just the Milky Way, but all the lights in the heavens. The picture you see, colorful and beautiful, is Andromedid. That is a galaxy that's the closest to our galaxy. Its closeness to our galaxy, 2.5 million light years away. That galaxy is one of only 200 million scattered in that night sky, most of which you cannot see. When we see a picture like this, we see beauty because light brings beauty. As a matter of fact, all color and all beauty is dependent on light. When we see a picture like this, we see not just beauty, but we see the source of life itself because we know that the source of life comes from light itself. No more light of the sun for us we'd be gone very quickly. But when we see light, we're also reminded of passages of Scripture that remind us of God. Because the Scripture says God is light, and in Him there's no darkness at all. Or on other occasions, especially in the New Testament, we begin to remember that the Old Testament, speaking of those who had walked in darkness and seen a great light, the Old Testament reminded us of the coming of the ultimate light, the true light, which was Jesus Christ. And thus the New Testament calls Jesus the light of the world. John puts it this way, the Word became flesh, namely Jesus Christ, and in His coming... Light came. Light shone into the darkness. It penetrated the darkness, and the darkness was not able to overcome it. When we think of light, we also think of encounters. We think of encounters, angelic encounters, and encounters with God by human beings. And the first we think of is Mary. When the angel came to Mary... Surely, in some form of light, and announced what we call the Annunciation, that Jesus Christ, the light of light, Almighty God, Son of God, was in her womb. In her womb? The source of life, the light of the world, who has no dependency factor attached to his reality, that light was in her womb. And that light was dependent on her for its source of life. The mystery of the incarnation. We'll never understand it, but we can stand in awe and wonder. No wonder her response. Her response was first unbelief. How could this be? First of all, I'm a virgin. I don't understand this. And then her response, it moved to something else. 
called submission. She submitted to the plan of God and said, let it be to your servant as you have planned. And then she lived from that day on in the light of the grace of God, Jesus Christ, her son and son of God. She lived in humility. There's something else about Mary. It wasn't just unbelief at the revelation and submission to the divine will of God and humility in life. She lived in wonder. On several different occasions in the life of Jesus, it says of Mary, she pondered these things or treasured them in her heart or wondered concerning the reality that was present to her. Did she understand? Only a little bit. Only enough to be able to follow. But did she truly understand? The incarnation which was birthed within her? Absolutely not. She lived in wonder and amazement. Treasuring multiple things in her heart. And then the shepherds, of course, you know the story of their light. It happens, well, from those skies. By the way, that constellation can be seen by the naked eye on the darkest of nights with no city lights. It's more of a haze, but you can see it. And as the shepherds stared into those skies with those brilliant lights, with all the darkness around them, out of that light came another light, which was an angelic host that scared them half out of their wits. Wouldn't you? They were terrified. They were in fear of their life. And they fell down and the angel said to them, wonderful words, fear not. In other words, we know the light of God's presence could annihilate. But on this night, it doesn't. Fear not. Why? Because we bring good tidings of great joy that are going to be to all people for this day. Born in the city of David is the Son of God, the light of lights, Emmanuel God with us. On that day, the shepherds experienced lights greater than they had ever seen. And shepherds would have known the constellations better than most folks at night. When they heard that announcement, of course, they raced to the stable to find out where the Christ child was. And you know what's so interesting about their response to the light? It's not when they went, that they went and that they saw the angels. Their response to the light of light is this. It's summarized this way. They left the manger glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. The only appropriate response to the light was to glorify God for the experience of seeing the light. And I want to say, maybe it's a little bit of an extension of the text they were the first evangelists. They couldn't help but tell what they had heard and seen, the light of lights. And then the third encounter with the light that I remind you of, you hear of every Christmas is those wise men who follow the light. I wonder where the light came from. Astronomers have given us a lot of clues. They've studied the constellations and the timing of the birth of Jesus and some of them suggest they know which light it was that shone. We don't know. Maybe it was just a special light. 
But no matter, in that dark night, they started a long journey from the far east to come to Palestine to find a newborn king. And they followed the light. By the way, following the light was not an easy activity. As a matter of fact, journeys were treacherous and bandits were everywhere. And finally, when they arrived at the place where the light was said to be, they encounter Herod. Herod, the ruthless one. Herod, the one who later kills all kinds of babies to try to find the light. In the presence of Herod, that treacherous man, they continued relentlessly to pursue the light. And when they found the light of light, probably two years after his birth, they did what was appropriate. The only thing that was appropriate in the face of the king of kings, they bowed down. They offered him gold and frankincense and myrrh, and they worshiped. Did they know? How much did they know? Did they understand the incarnation? Did they realize that it was God, Emmanuel, with us? I don't know. But they worshipped. It's interesting, isn't it? It seems like an appropriate way to approach Christmas. The way Mary did in wonder and amazement. The way the shepherds did in praise and glory for all you've experienced from the light of light. And the way the wise men did. Bow down and worship. Yes, that's the only appropriate explanation of how we should live in the face of the light. Wonder, praise, and worship. In just a moment, the choir is going to sing that message. Those words put to music. The summation of it is is this. In this Christmas season... Come to the light. Come and wonder and praise and worship. I invite you to join them in worshiping the light of lights.